Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. I know for sure that there are a lot of different animals who are known to get high and drunk. Yes. Dolphins, for one. Really? Wait. Oh yeah. Dolphin hilarious. Oh yeah. There's like I think it's a it's like a puffer fish or like a sea urchin or something something like that that gives off this toxin, and the dolphins play with it and they pass it back and forth with to one another. So they basically they take a hit and they hold <laughs> on to it. I'm not even kidding. Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered, with Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. Welcome to the Actually Serious Podcast, where we cover Israel's most interesting with all topics and the incredible humans behind them considered. We're brought to you in partnership with Audioversity and No Camels, the leading site for Israel innovation news. And of course, before we get into it, remember to subscribe to the podcast on Audioversity, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, social media, and YouTube at Aaron Porus. Like, comment, and hit the notification bell as well while you're at it so you can be sure to hear about any new content. And I am Aaron Porus. I'm Hannah Rifkin. And today we're talking about booze. <laughs> Which is super exciting for a noon recording. It's our favorite. It's it's it's, it's, it's definitely your favorite. I uh, I I like to partake in yeah in alcoholic beverages and <laughs> it just makes me tired now at this point in my life. Like oh. once in a while, but like <laughs> well, Yonita remembers me from the college the tr- days. You know, you know, the, <laughs> we had the, our fun. Yeah, yeah. The, the trick is practice. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but okay. <laughs> a terrible message. A weird comment, but yeah, also right. <laughs> just gotta you just gotta practice more. But also, like I like to appreciate. Yeah, there you go. Some some nice alcohol for for like for like the appreciation and that you could give a it. Nice glass of wine or whiskey. Yeah, with your like meal. know all the types. You know, swish some whiskey in your mouth. Have some good art- artisanal beer if that's yeah. something that can be artisanal. Sure. Yeah. Craft too. Craft yeah. beer. So this is perfect. Which brings us, yeah, without further ado, <laughs> we are here with Yonina Friedman from the Oak and Ash Brewery, which has a pretty unique line of drinks. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Nice. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Oak and Ash and, and what you do there and uh, and what your favorite drink is and when the last time uh, you partied like it was 1999. <laughs> I was in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> or first grade? I don't remember. Um, I forgot how old I am. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> that joke went over my head for a second. All right. <laughs> um, all right. So, Oak and Ash um, was started by Asher Zimbo. Um, currently, we are based in Beit Shemesh. Um, Asher and his partner um, Levi Chapler. They bought it from. A guy named Denny Nielsen, who owned Buster's, which was, I think, standing since, like, 2007. Um, he has an interesting, interesting story on his own. But they bought it in 2019, right before COVID. It's a little bad timing. but um, You never know when a pandemic is coming. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, we're still standing. So that's we're good. still there, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's a boutique bu- brewery. We're very small. Um, we have four types of beers. Um, we also have some special editions, like special edition four packs. We have a line of cocktails, ciders, and lemonades, because we also bought the recipes from Buster's, which was mostly um, ciders, lemonades. They had some spirits and beers, but we like our own recipes for the beers. 
And um, yeah, that's the basics of what we provide and what we brew and pasteurize. And I personally right now, currently, an operations manager. For the last year and a bit, I was working in the factory brewing, which was so much fun. Um, but I'm currently transitioned into the office to oversee all the operations. Is, I mean, was that like a sad move? Because I, I would have preferred almost to still be hands-on with the beer. Oh, I prefer. It's just the choice was kind of taken out of my hands. As, um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm expecting. <laughs> so I do have some uh, restrictions. Uh, well, congratulations. Okay. Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, we're talking about how you got here <laughs> right? <laughs> to, to be the operations manager and to be involved in a brewery because Yoni and I are friends from university. And so we studied the same thing. And this is not it. <laughs> it's not actually <laughs> like nothing you would expect. And I remember when you first started doing it and you were like, I literally found my passion. And I would just love to know how you came to that. So a little bit by accident, um, right after we finished um, university, um, I worked in a as an account manager at a company for a couple months, but it, I wasn't feeling it. Um, so I left and I actually did a coding course for a couple months through Google. It was really fun. Learned a lot. And in the meantime, I was looking for jobs in that field, doing some coding, CSS, front-end web development. And I have to pay my bills. And a friend of mine was like, hey, we're looking for someone part-time. Do you want to join us? And I was like, you know what? In the meantime, in between jobs, this sounds really fun, and I like working with my hands. It's kind of like cooking. It's like, how hard could it be? <laughs> <laughs> and I joined, and then I stopped looking, and I was there for like six, seven, eight months. And um, I enjoyed it so much. I learned how to brew. I did like sometimes like two, two, three batches that could be like 14 hours, and I was just like going right through, and it was just so much fun. And I was... Uh, maintaining the beer, packaging the beers, just all parts of the process. Well, what do you love the most about it? It's just being able to make a product with your own hands and then seeing other people enjoying it. Yeah. It's just really satisfying and feels really good. So now, okay, so now you're in operations. Like, so what do, what do you focus on? Just um, running the business just, mostly. Okay. Clients, supplies, um, deliveries, just making sure the factory's running. Right. What like what can you can you speak a little bit to like the Israeli marketplace then? Because I know that it when I go into a, a store, generally I see Maccabi and Malka and and uh, Gold Star, and that's about it. So like, how do you what like how do you break in? How do you break that trio? So, Sally, we can't break into the supermarket chain yet, but we're right. actually working with a distributor. Okay, if you go backtrack, if you think about it. At the supermarket, you're not going to the supermarket to buy a really good quality beer. You're going oh, there to I go do. get gross. Oh, yeah? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not going to get a bad beer. But you can walk you're, into 7-Eleven and find some good craft beers for some like reason. You're going in to get like meat and v groceries and just produce. You're not going there to buy beer. Um, we're, we're looking for the people to buy our products at places where people are actually like looking mm -hmm. to spend the money. A craft beer is not um, super-duper cheap. Because we're using high-quality ingredients. We're also trying to keep our um, ingredients sourced in Israel as much as we can. Um, cool. So it does raise the price a little bit, but the quality is so much better than the mass-produced beer that you find in the supermarket. So, I mean, to that, I mean, um, what is what is unique 
um, about how the way that you brew the beer and any of your other drinks? We love playing with our recipes. Um, we have, aside from the basics that you need to have in beer, which is the, the grain, the water, the hops, the yeast. And we like to add just different spices. We we had a specialty edition um, with our um, IPA base. And then we also, we made black currant IPA. We made a tropical one. We added vanilla. We added peaches. Like, we like experimenting and trying new things that you're not going to find, really. And it's just really yeah. fun. And it tastes fantastic. Sure. <laughs> I'm... I'm I'm assuming the market research portion of this, let's just go in on a beer bender and try everything that our any and all competitors around the world are doing is also kind of a fun <laughs> little, little addition to the job or what? Yeah. Like, yeah, we do go around sometimes and trying different stuff and seeing how it tastes and if you like it. Or just going on a, a website for different spices and like, ooh, that sounds interesting. Let's go try that. We have a little, we call it a taster library. Oh, cool. Where we... We also distill. I completely forgot to mention that. So we make our own vodka because for the cocktails and nice. arak. So we use the vodka as a base, and we soak different spices and fruits and such, and we make our own library, and then we do taste tests and make our Very own little cool. trial sessions. It's have, really fun. Why it? haven't you invited me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, yeah, I know that I said I didn't question. love alcohol anymore, but I still want to come. <laughs> I still have a strong like for it. I like like alcohol, though. I like to taste things. <laughs> well, we want to make a new four-pack at some point. So next time we're doing some tastings, I'll let you okay. guys know. I'd love I, that. <laughs> is there is there plan to expand into other st spirits like whiskey or, or anything like that? Um, we're toying with that idea. Because I'll I'll be your first customer. Okay, well, that's like where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Listen, I, I'm gonna be honest. I like beer and I like whiskey. That those are my those are mine. We that's have some things in the works. I don't know if we're allowed to really go into detail right now. Fair. But um, when we have more details to to share publicly, I'll uh. I'll let you all know. <laughs> which which is your favorite beer on your line? I like the the NEPA, the New England IPA, what we also call the Hazy IPA. It's unfiltered. It's great. And it's hoppy, it's citrusy, it's fruity, it's delicious. It's also our bestseller, and I just oh, I love it. So it's it just sense. so good. Mm. Do you, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so, you know, like, it the it the company started changed ownership basically in 2019, uh, and and you came in and like. I came I in know, a little bit later actually. I came, came in, in 2021. Okay. I was actually working at a different job for two years doing web management. I jumped all over the place, and then my boss was like, "You have to come back. You're my best worker." And I was like, "It was so <laughs> much fun." That's the and best compliment. That's a great compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Twisted my arm and I came back and I do not regret it and I still have so much fun. Oh, even if I'm not brewing, but you know, in a couple months I'll be back hopefully. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's amazing though. That's Pain so is cool. temporary. I still get to be in the factory. Beers forever. Um, <laughs> helping direct things if they need an sure. extra pair of hands or, or whatnot. So I, I mean, you mentioned also that you're sourcing things from Israel, trying to make really Israel-centric flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. Like, how expansive is that like i mean are we talking israel israel or like middle east i mean we we're, we're trying to play with israeli middle eastern flavors like sabra or nana uh, which is which is uh uh that is cactus and mint for all you non-hebrew oh. speakers <laughs> sorry <laughs> no, sabra, sabra, yeah it's i mean it's good it's sweet it's a sweet flavor 
Mint is obviously mint. So we have a lot of brainstorming sessions um, for new uh, ideas of what we can do. Just it. don't do olive oil. Starbucks tried that and it was a they disaster. Oh, that sounds disgusting. It is. It's disgusting. They tried ol- olive oil coffee. It was uh, lots of complaints. Who needless is, to say. Yeah, <laughs> we, who we did a coffee that? beer, a coffee stout, actually. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, no, that I would love to try. I love it coffee. It is so strong. Yeah. It is so strong and amazing. Wow. I have a th- it, it's like if 10%. anyone watches me on I24, um I actually have a mini series about coffee, so it's like kind of my thing. I guess I'll have to gift you the four pack for <laughs> that one. We have cinnamon, we have coffee, we have vanilla. Oh wow. Like These dark. are all stouts or no? Um there's also Bach. Two oh, Bachs okay. and two stouts and they're they're four heavy beers. Yeah. And they're all like 10%. Oh nice. They're good. Do you like do you ever find the issue because i've noticed that that oftentimes when i try a beer that is too that is more than like seven eight percent it it like it really heavily affects the flavor um and it's not always great like how do you how do you fight that because i know obviously you know way more about the brewing process than i will ever know that's a little <laughs> bit our intention we want it to be super flavorful it's not meant to be downed in like 30 seconds you're right. supposed to enjoy it Take a sip. And also when it comes to some of these darker, heavier stouts and box, you want it to be actually a little warmer so you can actually enjoy the aroma coming out when um, you're drinking it. So, like, that's a little bit intentional. Do you have, like, a like a taster's menu? You know, this, like, you should drink this with, like, a like a red meat or, you know, I don't know. Yeah, we, I don't remember what we paired everything with, but we do have a list nice. for all of our drinks. Is that available online? Can I find that? I think so. I have to, I have to check the website. <laughs> See if it's up to date. That's also part of what I'm doing now. Charge the website. Online store. The website. Yeah. Very cool. I'm like dabbling in everything these days. Right. <laughs> hey, it makes you invaluable. So That's my goal. Yes. Indispensable. Indispensable. Indispensability. <laughs> so how many people are at the company now? Uh, we are... As of today, technically, we hired a new person today. Uh, hey, congratulations. Mo- yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we are five, if I didn't miss anyone. It's a, it's a small family. It's nice. It's very quaint. It's nice. That's right. lovely. Do you have, like, sibling rivalries? Like, what's going on? Do you have, like, do you have, like intercompany beer competitions? <laughs> Brewing competitions? We have a lot of hand wrestling. Hand wrestling, like arm wrestling? Like um, arm wrestling, <laughs> that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, to make decisions or sometimes. Or like, like thumb war. Like, that's yeah. how you make decisions? That's awesome. Like who has to do what? I mean, it's like, awesome uh, if you're the burliest <laughs> man in the group. Yeah, it's great. I'm going to start that at I-24. <laughs> I like to think I've won a few times. I don't know if they let me, but I've, I've won. <laughs> no, that's like, do you have that? Do you have like brew competitions between you? It's like who can brew the best beer, and then we'll sell that one. Oh, wow. We we do um when we do the tasters, we we all put in our suggestions and we try them and see which ones we all like. And someone's like, oh, this is not so great, or like this one's way better. And then that's that's mm. the best. That's the closest we got to like a competition. What are the challenges with coming up with new flavors? Yeah, like and putting putting together flavors. Like, yeah. Because I'm assuming you don't pick like one. You have yeah, I don't know five yeah. or six in a in a beer. Sometimes less. Um, challenges is just what goes well with each other and what hasn't been done. There's so many like beers that have like the usual spices, like cinnamon sure. or things like that, and we want to do something different. And so to come up with that or different pairings, like what would go well with each other and is also just stands out. Mm-hmm. Do you get a sense of what's gross before the beer is done? 
you know is produced and you're drinking it or you know what i mean like do you do you put to is there a way to put together those flavors in in a way that will approximate what the beer will taste like before you go through all the the hoopla of brewing it yeah um that's what the tasting session does we can it involves actually quite a lot of math not my not my forte (laughs) i let my boss do that one that part i just do the tasting (laughs) (laughs) i just do the fun bits um no we um we uh simplify it down to like the minimum of how much we can add in like a glass and we try it out and if it's something that we really like we would maybe even do like a mini brew session like we have something called coopers they're like 30 liter jugs or containers and um a couple months ago we did a small um beer festival and um the mycogen went and was taken and i made a carrot beer and we made little mini versions so like that's a way to test it out as well just make a small sample size carrot beer it was it was really good and it was orange oh sweet it was really cool that's really cool actually i would drink it i would try that i would try that so it was a specialty so we only had like one keg or two kegs worth but uh if it go we can always try to make it again right i mean you got the recipe written down somewhere i hope so (laughs) i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding we have it written down so forgive me for this ignorant question because i literally know nothing about yeah. brewing nothing you're, you're in good comfort two out of the three people at this table i can give you some nothing. basics yeah. of like how we the process yeah so first give me some basics and i i want to know like you you infuse certain flavors with the actual beer correct so like there's when you're making it. there's like two times when you can like add flavoring like during the actual process and then while it's fermenting fermenting and then when it's fermenting that's when you put it in barrels or when does that happen do you put it in barrels um, Am I saying something stupid? <laughs> I saw it on your website. <laughs> so we actually did do... Um, those, you have uh, barrels, right? <laughs> we actually right. do. Um, remember those heavy four-packs I told you about, like the yeah. dark beers? We actually had two of them fermenting, not fermenting, like sitting, absorbing flavors in barrels we got from milk and honey. So in whiskey barrels, nice. which is oh. really cool. So it's like a whiskey beer. That's really yeah. cool. Okay, so... Is that, that's unique to you guys, or like everyone kind of does something similar? To be honest, I'm not sure if other breweries do it, but we're so small scale that we can just do it for like one or two beers. A lot of places don't have the flexibility to try new things because they're so large scale and mm-hmm. industrialized. Like we're actually next door to- You think it's the other way around. Also like, let's let's say Shapiro, they actually are right next to us, if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. They're very big, they're owned by Tempo, I think. Oh, okay. And they have, I guess, I, I don't know their working model, but I imagine they can't really play around so much. It's whatever the higher-ups want them to do. We are the higher-ups. We can do whatever we want. We yeah. have so much leeway no, but to... I, but like, I mean, I for w- them, it's more about cost-effective and efficiency, whereas a smaller business can experiment and do different things. So, I mean, I get that, that if you're yeah. small, you can kind of take maybe more, ri- I don't know, like take lateral moves maybe more quickly or more efficiently because you don't have to deal with bureaucracy as to the same degree but i would have expected the larger companies to have more resources to divert towards experimentation while keeping up with their quote-unquote normal order i mean i know that a lot of the breweries do make new beers but i'm not sure it's like to the same extent Mm -hmm. like they have like I guess their lab or teams of people that do all the testing, and then once they choose, then that's what's chosen. Like everyone almost in our brewery is involved with the decision. 
so do you have so you have the staples though right you have the things that you continue to produce over and over and over yes again. those we keep and we keep making and then we do fun things on the side what's like what's the ratio of staple to fun i'm really bad with math <laughs> 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 like, like 50 yeah 50, you definitely like, studied <laughs> communications you yep. yeah <laughs> <Yep>. um <laughs> We have, uh, we probably make three to four, maybe five new things per year. Okay. It depends. We would love to do more, but it also depends on our capabilities and how much time we have. How, like, how long does it take from, like, the beginning to the end of, of, a, ba- of a batch? Like, how long does it take to brew? Well, the actual brewing process, um, I guess for one batch could be... We, only, we do a minimum of two batches always. So one batch could be like four, five, six hours, depending. Um, a double brew can be 10 hours, maybe a little less. Depends how efficient you are okay. with the equipment, how good you are. Well, Every place has different Don't you equipment. need to like, again, I might be talking out, on, out of my butt, but like, <laughs> do you think, like there's, there's like the brewmaster, whoever it is, who's in charge of, maintaining like a certain yeast from a certain sample right or, or like a flavor profile is that is that correct or am i so we actually off? have yeast we've actually buy our yeast okay and we have different yeast for different types of beer so actually right. if you if you want you put in two camps technically we have there's ales and lagers mm-hmm. and they use different yeasts and that's really what makes a difference because um, the yeast um a, like a lager yeast needs to ferment and can be added in only at cooler temperatures and an ale is at warmer temperatures, and that's okay. really what separates the two. And lagers take longer to ferment in the tank. Okay. But then, like, you don't, like, in order to produce the same beer again and again and again, do you, ha- do you have to keep We use a the same amount? recipe, same yeast, everything. In the same. Okay, is but you, you can't, mean? no, uh, what I mean, like, like a sourdough, for example, where you have to keep a little bit of the mother dough oh, to, that's keep, what you meant. to keep producing it. Is that is there like an equivalent of that in the beer or you can start from scratch and you'll get the same product? You can start from scratch. I mean, you can save your yeast. Right. It can be a little tricky because it can get contaminated and have bacteria and taste bad, like or a little sour. Mm. Um, but we don't have the capabilities to really do that properly and, and safely. We want to, we also want to maintain our standards of, food quality and not have any issues interesting so wait now i want to know about (laughs) let's go back a little bit i want (laughs) to know how like the process okay the process um okay so backtrack the the things that you need to make um beer is tell us your secrets (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) there's secrets (laughs) um no, like, I'm not going like, to tell you a recipes. Well, no, yeah, let, let's boil it down <laughs> to like a home brew kind of setup. Like, do you what, keep what? your wait? Do you keep your recipes in a vault? Oh, that'd be really cool. That would be cool. I will Scrooge, um, Mc, Scrooge McDuck vault. I'll, I'll fill out the <laughs> feedback form at, at work and I'll see what our bosses say. But <laughs> yeah, so like, much fun. But like, yeah, <laughs> like, c- could you could you walk us through like if I wanted to make a beer in my in my kitchen or in my garage? Like, what's what do you how, need? Yeah, like how do I? What's what are the steps? What do I need? All right. So what you would need for ingredients wise, you'd need malt, you'd need water, you'd need yeast, and you need hops. Those right. four. Those are the basics. We, there's other things you can add in for fun. Um, what you would also need is you need a pot for boiling. Like um, first, you would start with um, you take the malted grain, 
you put it in the pot with water, which has to be at a certain temperature, so you can extract the sugars, okay. um, which is what well, the yeast will feed on to make the alcohol. Um, so you start with that, and then you have to separate the grain from the, the wort, which is what it's called before it turns into beer. It's sugar water, basically. Spelled W-O-R-T. I, I will. Wart. I'm gonna be looking up all of this and checking your information. No, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next time I come to your house, it's gonna be like, oh yeah, we turned it's our meat into. It's gonna smell awful. And I'm it's just gonna, gonna smell great. Oh, so it well, smells almost like not, bread. Not, not when I'm doing it, but yeah. <laughs> we'll have your beer and your wife's banana ice cream. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's and really it'll be bananas. a party, and you need a can fantastic. come. Well, there <laughs> are beers where um, with hops that can give it banana flavors. Ooh, ooh, yeah, banana hops. chocolate chip. Maybe there are there are <laughs> grains that give chocolatey flavors, like in aromas and such. And there's so much like free idea for you. <laughs> banana banana split beer. Yes. <laughs> You can Don't tell anyone. Served, served with whipped cream. Cut this out. And sprinkles. <laughs> yes. Cut this served, out. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> served with whipped cream and sprinkles. Okay. So we've got our wart. Okay. And then, and then what? All right. So we separate the grain from um, the wart, and then we transfer it to the boil kettle, where you boil it, and that's also when you add the hops. And depending on when you add the hops, can add bitterness or flavor um, arom- and aromas. And then once you do that, you cool down mm. the wart. And you put it in your fermenter, which could be a cooper, which is the 30-liter pot I was telling you about earlier. Or anything that's sealed um, that you can allow. It needs to be sealed. It needs to be sealed. And then you add the yeast. Also, this whole time, you kind of have to maintain certain temperatures. Same with boiling. Oh, wow. And then So this is like you need to be around and watching. Yeah, you got to be on it like almost the whole time. Wow. Okay. Do you get bored? I mean, there's just so much to do, especially when you're doing, like, more than one batch. So, like, mm. you start one, and it's that part of the process. Ha- like, you're separating the wort from the, the grain, and then I'm milling in, and I'm grinding the grain at the same time so that by the time that finishes, I can start the second batch at mm. the same time. Or while one's boiling, it's it's for wow. I'm moving it to another tank to to and adding the yeast. Mm-hmm. So it, sounds, it sounds like brewing is, like, really built for women who can multitask then because men can't. <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm that's brewing is a that. woman's yeah. world. Yeah. Just remember that. How was how was beer a man's thing? <laughs> it, like, it wasn't originally. It was actually a woman's thing. Oh my I gosh! What? It, what? it was. Tell us. Before I thought it, it was like monks who used to do it. Before what? the monks. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's before so cool them. and interesting. Little history lesson. Please. Um, way back when, before everything was industrialized and commercialized, women had their own kind of household beers, pretty much, or community or. Sh- area they, they made their own beer and then eventually um as towns grew and things became a little more industrialized um it became a bigger process and then that's kind of when the men came in and you know so like it. you're not good enough them. for Take this <laughs> you can't handle so, large-scale production. So yeah. Only oh, men can do that. Oh, you, oh, you've been doing this for a while? That's great. We'll take it from here. Thank you. <laughs> There's a lot more details in between all that, but but women were they're called brewsters. Okay. And we used Whoa. to we used to be making the beer at home. No kidding. So wait, when did the monks come into the picture? I can't 100% remember the year, but maybe the 1500s, 1400s, I don't wow. remember. We but can look they this up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but go ahead. Oh, yeah, interwebs. I have a book at home, but I don't, I'm really bad at Very remembering cool. numbers, as you all know. So, But they, the monks did it um, because they have to be self-sufficient and be able to support themselves. So they sure. say that one of the things that they did was they made beer. 
Yeah. And then that's when it became a little more like standardized. And then hops were introduced and it became more, um, what's the word? Uh, Uh, Preserved. Hops help preserve the beer and make it last Uh, longer and from going bad. Beer used to be more sweet than it is now. The hops make it bitter. Kind of. Well, mead's from honey. Honey and you can make mead from peanut butter. Really? Someone did that once. I think I'd try it. It's very interesting. And he's (laughs) dead now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Interesting fact. As early as the 5th century. Oh, wow. That they started brewing. Wow. So that's The ladies started. The the women were brewing. No, monasteries. Oh, the monastery. Okay. So women, obviously, before that then. Probably. I mean, I I I could look that up too. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that's what you were doing. Um, I mean, beer predates records. Yeah. It really does. That I know. Probably. Yeah, there's no way to know when someone's like, oh, I left this bowl of grain in water overnight and now it tastes kind of good. And then yeah. ferment. That was, that was always my thing about like alcohol, right? Because we, we learned about fermentation really from fermenting fruit. Fruit that was going bad and somebody ate it and was like, oh, this is like alcoholic and I'm getting a buzz off of this. But it's like <laughs> my whole thing was how hungry was that guy to see moldy fruit and say, that's fine. I think they learned it from animals, actually. Animals <laughs> know... Which fruit can, like, I think monkeys specifically, they know which fruits are fermenting and they go for it. And I think a lot of times we knew what to eat based on what animals were eating. Sure. That's true. I can see that because they well, have really good, they, they know how to se- use their senses. Well, and I mean, I know for sure that there are a lot of different animals who are known to get high and drunk. Yes. Dolphins for one. Really? Wait. Oh, yeah. Dolphins are hilarious. Oh, yeah. There's like I think it's a it's like a puffer fish or like a sea urchin or something something like that that gives off this toxin, and the dolphins play with it and they pass it back and forth with to one another. So they basically they take a hit and they hold <laughs> on to it. I'm not even kidding. Uh, look this up. I need to see dolphins, a video of this. Oh yeah. Oh there is. The oh dolphin will hold on to it for just as long for as that toxin needs for it to get like a buzz, and then it'll let go and let another dolphin grab it. Yes, oh, pufferfish. Boom. That's amazing. We'll watch it after. Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so pu- yeah, so dolphins love to get high. I know, like also, like in terms of magic mushrooms, right? Like wild wild magic mushrooms, a lot of times will grow out of dung, and so that means that the spores were likely in the animal that made that dung that mm-hmm. scat which means that somewhere in the woods there's a deer who is tripping balls <laughs> for sure <laughs> like, I mean, that's, yeah, ipso facto <laughs> a equals b equals c We're th- we think they're just frolicking around but they're just a high <laughs> yeah wouldn't you, i mean having deep conversations about bambi's mother wait no. what now I, no how, how did we get to ban- what <laughs> bambi's mother what did she do no, it didn't. I was just because we're oh. talking about deer. <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, like they're oh, also high in the forest. Okay, let's. Oh yeah. Never mind. Topic change. Topic <laughs> change. <laughs> uh, no, so I mean, yeah, because we were talking about the monks too. I mean, I'll say, my my wife has uh, is half German, and you know she's got a lot of family that's is still in Germany, and her grandfather tells the story. You know, we're walking around Nuremberg where he lives, and he tells the story about how. There are these archways, these high bridges through the city that connected the old monastery and monastic properties. And what that was for was to keep the monks separated from the general public because they would get drunk on their homebrew and then they would get handsy with the villagers. Oh, my. Yeah. 
That's unmonthly. So, so it was actually. So he's he. I don't. We can check. I don't know if this is true, but this is what There's he so said. So much he, research involved. He talks. In that yeah. Episode. He talks about how that they built those pathways really to keep these drunk monks separate. Wow, from that's society. a good fun fact. Right. I'll say that for my next uh, for the next icebreaker. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Do mo- monks? There are monks that speak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not all monks take vows of silence for sure. Okay, okay. Because I was just gonna say, like, if they get drunk and they like vows of silence, like. Oh no! Yeah, no, it's not. It doesn't count. What happens? (laughs) It doesn't count when it's their own beer. Okay. You wouldn't believe what they have to say. (laughs) Things they've observed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Josiah has been sitting on this for like four years. He's been waiting to tell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like okay, so wait, so uh, uh, like, what's what's like. The next step with Oak and Ash. Let's let's bring this back yes. to Oak and Ash because I know you said that you're producing all these different things. You have uh, the the Arak and the what was the other one? The vodka. We, we have Arak cocktails. We have ciders. We have lemonades. Wow. We have a gin cocktail. We have a vodka cranberry. What what? Oh, oh no! You said you had already. You kind of adopted some of the harder liquors from the previous owners. Yeah. Not the harder liquors. Um, we ha- we distill, but that's a, those are our own recipes. We make our own arak. We make our own vodka and gin for our cocktails. We want to do everything on site. Make it our own sources. What's what's the difference in the process really like between making a gin or an arak and making a beer? Like, is it just a, just an ingredients? Uh, it's very different. Issue, it's very different. Um, distilling and, and brewing are very different. Well, brewing is a much longer process. Oh, and really? A lot more steps. Distilling. Um, we have to, what we do is we, we make our own, what we call it a base, a sugar base, which we then distill that to get the, the alcohol for whatever, the Arak or, okay. or the gin or the vodka. All right. Now I'm, it's I very like, I, yeah, I want to know. It takes time, but, um, it's, it's all very like split up. Like first you have to make the sugar wash and then we have to distill it and then, when we make our own arc, we, we, we add whatever it is we add for arc is, and for gin. And is that a thing I can do at home, or no, that's that's a little bit more involved? Um, I've never tried it at home. not sure the process. I have did home brewing before at home. Mm-hmm. but um, I mean, I know some people make, I know some people will take vodka and they'll put it in a larger jug with fruit and sugar just to get, like, a different vodka, really, is to, like, you know, get it to ferment a little bit more and even make, like, a moonshiny type yeah i put thing. vanilla beans in my vodka and i have vanilla for cooking it's really good you put vanilla beans in the vodka and then it gives you cooking vanilla, vanilla? yeah you just have to wait like three months worth Let it, it soak. it's so worth good it. it's it's pure it's fresh and it lasts forever because you have like 500 milliliters of, vod- of vodka and that's 500 milliliters of vanilla how many, beans. how many beans you got to put in there? I mean, technically, you could probably put two. I put in like five. That's enough? Just two beans in like a bottle of vodka and you're good? Yeah, you just got to shake it every once in a while. But yeah. Am I misunderstanding how big a vanilla bean is? Because I'm picturing like a bean. Oh, okay. What? They're pretty right. big. Right. <gasps> I always picture them because they're in like the pictures, like on the bottles. They're like so teeny next to yeah, a right. pli- giant no, flower. They, they're, they're long. They fill up the whole bottle. Oh, wow. Okay. So you, okay. So you stuff it with five of those. And then you just let it sit. How do you know when it's done? Um, I usually give it a minimum of three months. I put like date. I put them in, and oh, I, it, cool. the color changes, of course, because it's sure. like soaking in It'll and turn brown. You could smell it. It's, it's amazing. That's sick. Sure. Wow. And we use um, <laughs> we actually I made one and we use that for a tasting. 
No Like kidding. making our tasters to try out different flavors. Because it's very pure. It's just vodka and vanilla. Wow. Vanilla beans. Oh my god! This is I'm, I'm I have so curious. many home projects after this episode. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, I'm going. <laughs> you need a bigger home. That's I'm what gonna, you need. You need a garage. We're converting the entire house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you need everything you've got. Yeah, what I need is a new place to stuff my bed at the end. And your baby, just like <laughs> she can, she'll deal. If you're listening at home, do brew your own beer. Yeah, and use Yonina uh, and her wonderful expertise to do it. <laughs> Hannah, take us away. Okay, that's a wrap. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yes. I'm Hannah Rifkin and And I'm you? Aaron Porras. And thank you again, Yonina of Oak and Ash, for a very interesting and serious conversation. Actually <laughs> so serious. Actually so serious. <laughs> and for more actually serious topics, remember, again, to like, subscribe, follow uh, the podcast on Audioversity, YouTube at Aaron Porras, and all major podcast platforms and social media. We love you very much. We love you. See you next time. See you next time. And... You know us. We don't know you, but we love you. And I love what you've done with your hair. Are those shoes new? (laughs) Actually, serious. Amazing conversations from Israel, all topics considered. With Aaron Porras and Hannah Rifkin. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity 